Hello, my name is Stephanie, and welcome to Standard Definition uh, Disney Edition Part 8, where we will be talking about Lady and the Tramp. Uh, Standard Definition is a retro nostalgia podcast on the Boss Rush Network, where each and every Monday we come together with our friends from around the internet to talk about games, movies, and shows, and other topics that make us nostalgic. I'm your host for the classically animated Disney branch of Standard Definition, and we can't have a nostalgia podcast without covering Disney movies. We will be covering them in release order, starting from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs all the way to Princess and the Frog, uh, that released in 2009. And I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Corey Derrick. Hello. And Mark Pereira. Hi. Hello, guys. I feel yeah, the excitement I... for this one, guys. I feel <laughs> yeah. it. We're just so very, very hyped. But before we dive into that hype, do you like what you hear? You can support us and get this show two weeks early by heading over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Boss Rush Network. You can still subscribe to free feeds. We always appreciate a listen. Uh, but if you do listen to us, such as on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a review, especially if you like it. Five stars would be great. But regardless, a review helps with discoverability, and we appreciate that. You can also catch all of our content on YouTube and BossRush.net. BossRush.net also has a link to our merch store where it has all sorts of amazing logos including ones for standard definition in the likeness of the types of franchises we review like marvel and disney um shockingly we could get away with the disney font <laughs> so yeah that i couldn't said, i couldn't get away with the indiana jones font but disney is fine apparently <laughs> Who knew? yeah that's backwards um but what's not backwards are our wonderful uh, Patreon producers. Corey, who are these people? They're 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 people who I have great gratitude for. Uh, so if you want to support us uh, directly, you can head over to Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Network is our uh, page where you can support us uh, directly. Uh, for those who don't know, it is a subscription subscription-based platform where you can support us monthly uh, for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, you get early access to Standard Definition, uh, After Dark, Expansion Pass, and the Boss Rush Podcast for just a dollar. Uh, but if you subscribe at the $5 tier, you become a Patreon producer, which means you get your name shouted out on this here program, as well as our other podcasts, uh, just like Quentin Jackson. Rebecca Jewell, Adriel Munger, and my wife, Sana Dierig. The real boss. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I want to thank our Patreon producers. I want to thank all of our patrons, and I want to thank all of our free listeners as well. Uh if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five star rating. It really helps us out with discoverability. Uh leave us a nice review. And uh, we would really appreciate it. All right. <sighs> you guys ready? Yep. Mm. Let's do it. You know what? I don't even think I filled in the name of the title of the movie. This <laughs> right up. What is <laughs> Lady Anne the Tramp? Um, for me, 
goodness, see, this is this is probably the first and only movie I'll struggle with it. I'm just going to be like, this is that movie with the famous pasta scene. <laughs> that is it. Yep. And a very underwhelming restaurant in Disney World. Oh, that's sad. Tony's oh, that in Town is Square is a... Uh, not that I'm Disney food blog here or anything, but uh, it's very mediocre at best. But I'm also, feeling our viewers that listen to this are Disney fans, so they might benefit from this information. I mean, that's true. That's fair. But yeah, anyways, Lady and the Tramp, everybody. Who else wants to take a crack at it? The uh, the sad version of Oliver and Company. Mm. Ooh. Oliver and Company is the sad version of Oliver and Company. Hey, I oh, like Oliver. No, 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 no. Sad in the sense of like, it's a sad, like it's, it's like sad. Oh, like that's yeah. a sad yeah. movie. It is. Oh Maybe man, like but Billy man's, Joel the does all the music. Version. Billy Joel. The music from Oliver and Company is so good. I know. <sighs> Love it. Can't ah. wait to get to that. Uh, Lady and the Tramp. Cute dogs. Boring movie. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, yes. I think we I think it might dethrone Dumbo Dumbo is our <laughs> It might I think we might be there, guys. But really, what is Lady and the Tramp? <clears throat> Experience the thrilling. And I actually took this off of the Disney site, so you can insert your comments wherever. Ex- experience the thrilling adventures of Lady, a lovingly pampered cocker spaniel and tramp, a freewheeling mutt with a heart of gold. When Lady's master and mistress, Jim and Dear Darling, horrible names by the way, leave town for a few days, Aunt Sarah arrives with her two cats to babysit. This heartwarming tale features exquisite animation, unforgettable songs, and one of the greatest love stories of all time. This was released June 22nd, 1955. Runtime was 76 minutes, and its budget was $4 million, and at the box office, $187 million. Let's start off with some trivia. What short story was The Lady and the Tramp based off of? A. Happy Dan, the Whistling Dog. B. Beware the Dog. C. Unleashed. Or D. Memoirs of a Cynical Dog. I have no idea. Oh, just guess for fun. Happy Dan, the whistling dog. The yeah, but he doesn't really whistle. No, no. But Unleash sounds like what Lady and the Tramp would be called if it was released today. You know, like like Tramp Unleashed and and. And right. frozen, the snow frozen. is frozen. Yep. Right. So this would be unleashed, you know? <laughs> That's fair. Let me go. Let me yeah, go. Right. Exactly. Yes. That was horrible. Sorry. The answer was A, Happy oh. and the Whistling Dog. Yes, Walt Disney read the short story written by Ward Green titled Happy Dan the Cynical Dog in Cosmopolitan Magazine, published in 1945. The Cynical Dog had various names during development, including, so here are the names before they got to Tramp, Homer, Rags, and Bozo. Hmm. I could see Rags. Yeah, but Bozo... You, I'm just realizing you put the trivia in the document. This is a little behind the scenes, but you put the trivia in the document, and then the answers right underneath. I did not oh. read. I swear, 
I did not read the answer underneath. I just read the trivia question. I was like, I have no idea. That's funny. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's a good lesson for me. I um, <laughs> should not probably put the answer to my trivia right beneath the question. <laughs> anyway, um, that's new to me. Granted, I'm not huge on Lady and the Tramp, so but I, I guess it makes sense. A lot of Disney's movies was inspired by some other form of media. But yeah, in addition to that inspiration in 1937, so rewinding a bit, Walt Disney Productions story artist Joe Grant came up with an idea inspired by the antics of his English Springer Spaniel lady and how she got shoved aside um, when Joe had a baby. He approached Walt Disney with sketches of Lady and Disney enjoyed said sketches and commissioned him to start story development. Um, and it was initially going to be titled Lady. So uh, let's see. Oh, and another thing, a little tidbit here. The film's opening sequence in which Darling unwraps a hat box on Christmas morning and finds Lady inside. It was actually inspired by an incident when Walt Disney presented his wife Lily with a chow puppy um, as a gift in a hat box uh, when having previously forgotten a dinner date with her. <laughs> Walt Disney sounds like a delight. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I forgot to go on a date with you. Here's a puppy. <laughs> right, right. Wow. I wonder if she was happy about that. Because I love dogs, but like, if someone just up and gives you a puppy without having any conversation about it beforehand, I don't know how I'd feel. Right. Um, also, there was a sequel released in 2001, Scamp's Adventure. Never saw it. Live adaptation 2019 direct to Disney Plus with Justin Thoreau and Tessa Thompson. I don't know if we want to touch on any of those right now. Um, I don't remember Scamp's Adventure. I watched it uh, many years ago. I don't remember it. But I for this rewatch that we're doing, I watched the live action Lady and the Tramp. Um, it's not good. I mean, the 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 only scene that I enjoyed was the uh spaghetti scene that was pretty cute um but like the the um cg was really bad um mm. and then like this is i don't know this is probably gonna make me sound bad but like the, the movie takes place in like 1909 or something but it, you know it came out in 2019 and Disney's just like trying to inject all of these things to make it seem like modern and whatever. And so, so Jim Deere uh, is white in the movie and uh, Dar his wife is black in the movie. And so they're like in the beginning they've got this, or, uh, there's a baby shower and there's all these people there and her family's there and his family's there and they're all just mingling and hanging out and having a good time. And like 1909 was a very different time in America. And it, that just wouldn't, it wouldn't have been like a, you know, a grand old time hanging out with the, this like mixed race family. And it's like, they, you know, so they, they put that in there, but there's no commentary on that whatsoever. Like there was no point for putting that in there, but just to be like, look, you know, we now care about race. And then mm. they, they, um, Jacques is a girl, is a female dog for no reason. It's just a female Scottish Terrier. And so it's like, they don't take the opportunity. Like I'm, I have no problem with changing things for movies. I have no problem with showing representation on screen, but like do it in an intelligent way, like have some commentary on that 
or um, you know, like what's the point of changing the dog from male to female without like including a reason for that other than just being like, ooh, in this one, she's a girl, you know? And so it's just the whole movie was filled with stuff like that. And it just was kind of like, why? Like it just it comes across as very blatantly trying to have representation without any real stakes involved. I, yeah, I, that makes sense to me. Now, granted, I haven't seen the the live adaptation and please forgive me. I hope no one gets mad at me and I'm only going to mention this briefly. It reminds me of the uh, Aladdin live adaptation. And I actually like that. Like, I do think that's uh-huh. one of the better live adaptations. So let me just get that out of the way. No hate. I like it. However, that thought, similar thought crossed my mind just because the movie takes place in A, a time and B, a cultural setting where a woman can could not ever be a sultan and Jasmine ends up being a sultan in the end. It just doesn't right. make, like, I know what they're trying to do. And clearly as a woman, great, like strong female role model is awesome. But like, that's not the, it, so just the logic to me just right. kind of confused me. I wasn't mad or whatever, just, you know, doesn't. Right makes sense with the time and place but what one movie that i thought actually did it well I, i'm not a big fan of the live action beauty and the beast um but in that movie they make bell um she like uh, i can't really remember but they, they make her like want to teach girls how to be like self-empowered and how to not have to rely on a man or whatever and that is very very true to the character mm-hmm. of bell and that it, though it's not true for that time period that that's or i don't know it may not have been like very true for that time period or whatever it's very true to the to the inspiration of the character to the heart of the character and so they took aspects of that character and they did a little bit with jasmine too where they're like she doesn't she she aspires for more and so they made her kind of have some agency in her story and so so i think that i'm there for. I'm, I'm all for looking at things with a modern lens and being like but then let's have some commentary in that like you know, Aunt Sarah in the movie um, is played by um, from uh, Community, Yvette Nicole Brown, um, and so um, so she's she's black, and so she's kind of the quote unquote villain of the movie, right? She brings the cats and whatever, um, and so and Jim doesn't like her, but like let's have some. I don't know. I mean, it's a Disney family movie, so they're not going to be like, I don't like you because I believe you're not a human or what, like whatever. <laughs> right. But, but I don't know. I just feel like there's opportunity. If you're going to go down that path, then go down that path and make something interesting or right. don't go down that path. No one's asking you to is in my opinion. Very well said. You're Sorry. Very... That was a, hu- a huge tangent. <laughs> no, that, that's exactly the kind of stuff we need. And you're, probably the you're definitely the most eloquent out of the three of us so it's true i think i I talk too much but wow well i mean (laughs) i provided all the kind of fun facts that i can about how this movie came to be i did find it interesting how they took a lot of like real life inspiration and you know kind of mocking stuff up based off of like something that disney himself did but um I just think we can go straight to characters slash when we do talk about characters, I guess we talk about the movie and I want to get Jim and Jim Deere and Darling out of the way because I'm just going to say it again. I hate that those names like what the heck? Why is this woman named Darling? It just I just uh, wanted to puke. I hate it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I don't 
I don't understand some of the naming choices, especially the way like Disney is so like eager to change things from the traditional story in a sense, right? Like couldn't have come up with a better name. <laughs> yeah. I think the one thing that the, I did like in the live action was that his name is obviously deer and she, it's a pet name for him. So she calls him Jim deer. Like that's her like pet name for him. And he calls her darling. Like that's not her name. That's just what he calls her as like, you know, my love or whatever. So I thought that that was nice that it wasn't just a, like her actual name. It didn't say darling. Right. Um, but yes, I agree in this movie. It's just kind of like they like phoned it in. Like, uh, I don't know. Jim Deere. And, uh, darling. Yeah. Um, before we get to the main characters, we got some side doggos, a jock and trusty. Am I getting those names right? One's a, terrier oh crap what's the other type of dog i need to um do, 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 do. uh some like sort of hound, hound. Right? yeah bloodhound right. yep trusty right. is a bloodhound and i i guess i had this backwards but because i saw i saw 101 dalmatians more frequently than this um just because my son likes that movie so i found that there's a character in 101 dalmatians or basically several that literally look like these characters. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. obviously, this movie came first, so technically they borrowed it from this movie and put it 101 Dalmatians, but it actually, like, I don't know. It kind of didn't sit well with me. I'm like, these look the same. <laughs> uh, Disney is very, uh, uh, especially back then, re-using uh, animations, especially right. with animals. And uh, there's this really... A uh, famous one that's been going around on Disney Twitter as of like the last year, where like uh, the animation from Jungle Book of Mowgli climbing a tree and then climbing down and then kind of you know going over another tree, like hopping over a tree trunk or whatever, uh, and then you see the same exact animation for Christopher Robin in the Winnie the Pooh movie. Uh, it's literally frame by frame the same animation. They just you know instead of Mowgli, they kind of changed the way. Obviously, they made him look like Christopher Robin, but it's the same exact animation, the same kind of, you know, if you're going to go by it, almost like a computer animated type thing, like the same wireframe of animation. Uh, they just dressed it up like Christopher Robin instead of Mowgli. So it would not surprise me at all if they lifted some of these animations and characters straight out of this movie to put in there. Yeah. Oh. Plus, I think, I mean, this is. 1955 so the war's been over for a while but like the war hit everything pretty hard and so yeah i think they're recycling they they recycle a lot of it although this one did come first so right which is fine i mean and i i I get it because you know but maybe it's because i like 101 dalmatians better sure so i'm like more salty here than Mm -hmm. 101 dalmatians but yeah i i don't know they're um they are um i'm just having the biggest blank um ladies neighbor neighbors friends right yeah. and they kind of you know talk with her um as you know she grows up in the house because she was a very pampered pup you know it's like almost all in every scenario when a couple gets a dog um they give that dog all the attention but then when a baby comes in 
it's all the attention has to go to the baby and it's you know it makes me sad like having it from a dog's perspective and she's trying to understand and come to terms with it she's outside she kind of gets in trouble so what do you guys think of lady uh i think i don't know i mean she seems like she's the dog that gets pampered, right? And then when the baby comes wrong, she just gets jealous. I mean, we talked about it in the Peter Pan episode with Tinkerbell, how jealous she is. And then, like, she kind of is, re I, I want to say, kind of rebellious, right, with Tramp. And uh, she, I so, the like, one of the opening scenes, she walks over to the, to, <clears throat> what's it, the Scottish Terrier, and she's like, Oh, did you notice anything different? Like, she wants the attention, right? And then when she doesn't get it, she kind of, you know, gets upset. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was fine. I mean, she she is she's she's a pretty, to me, she's a pretty bland character that's yeah. like the straight man for the things to happen to, right? Like, like she's she's the, the one who reacts to things or has things happen to her so that, you know, everyone else is the interesting character and she's just kind of there. Yeah, which is kind of unfortunate since she's one of the one of the two central characters. Right. And speaking to that kind of, I don't want to call it shallow personality, you know, isn't, and we'll get to the pound scene, I guess, later, but isn't that where she kind of finds out that, like, Tramp, like, had multiple lady dog friends and... Mm -hmm. not really a settling down type and she gets really upset and gives him crap about it later right right yeah. right so i don't know i'm like ah been you know seen that before okay right. like there's nothing unique or i don't know yeah unique about that personality uh, but then we've got tramp and i feel that that is just um very common personality trope uh so i wasn't really wowed by it um yeah i mean he's just kind of like they really want you to know that he's like the independent kind of i'm on my own kind of yeah dude bro dog that yeah. gets all the lady dogs and survives <laughs> on his own and doesn't need anybody to survive right like that's yeah, he's the bro you're right yeah, yeah so i mean it's He's, I mean, he's fine. You know, I just, I don't know. He's I, fine. Yeah, he's, he's fine. He's fine. That's our commentary. He's fine. Yeah. 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 All I right. Agree with that. And then, um, kind of the antagonist, we got Aunt Sarah and her cats, C and Am. I already forgot. Okay, I'm gonna just be really honest uh, with you. I don't want the audience to just, I, but I just want to be upfront and honest to show how I feel about this movie. I have seen Lady and the Tramp in completion, but that was a while ago. When I, I tried to rewatch it for the pod, I could not finish it. <laughs> yeah. I did see it in completion, so I still feel like I'm sure. qualified to talk about it. I just haven't sure. refreshed it because I couldn't, and my son couldn't. It was the only movie he's ever seen in his sh short six and a half year life that he's just totally not interested. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a pretty boring film, but I mean, these are the 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 cats. It's so it's Cyan Am, like Siam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. There you go. Um, these are the these are the characters that people take umbrage with, as as uh, racial stereotypes. Yep. I do have a I do have a question though. 
and this might show my ignorance, but but track with me for a second. What is the difference? This is a this is a genuine, honest question. What's the difference between so so Jacques is a Scottish terrier, has a Scottish accent, is kind of crotchety and like a like you know is is some Scottish stereotypes, right? Uh-huh. Cyan Am are two uh, Siamese cats, and they are they talk in in racial stereotypes. They the music has like uh-huh. Asian instruments and is very like you know, has lots of context of Asian stereotypes. So my question is, is nobody is upset about the representation of Jacques, but a lot of people are upset of the of the characters of Cy and Am. And what's the difference? Is it because there's more, like there's a musical number and the musical number makes it a little bit more farce and makes them more caricatures instead of characters? Or like, what's the... I just, like, why is no one upset about one, but everyone's upset about the other? So I think a tiny part is because the song, like, further exaggerated the caricatureness. But if I'm going to be honest with you, and obviously people who are listening to the podcast can't tell, and maybe visually, I'm half Chinese, so I feel like I can kind of partially speak to this. I feel like people don't care about stereotyping any ethnicity that is caucasian based or white based i hate to say it okay 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 i just feel like that i don't think it's fair i don't think making anybody a caricature is a good idea like just all around the world i think that's the right way to go and you have a very good point like people can make a character out of a a scottish uh creature but if it's more of a minority like a non-caucasian i feel like people are very highly sensitive to it not that that's bad either but it's a very valid question because you can't really defend that point Right, well, but I just what I'm trying to figure out is so I'm saying this is a white male, so this is this is a, a difficult thing for position for me to come from because I I, I am not a minority, right? So so but I am genuinely wondering like if you are writing a character and you're writing a character who is from Scotland, would you not use Scottish tropes? and stereotypes to inform that character would you not use my my family is portuguese so so would i if i was writing a portuguese character would i not make them and this is based on my family loud and you know a little bit obnoxious and um you know love to eat food and in your face and very dramatic and you know love hard and fight hard and what those are stereotypes of Portuguese people, but if I'm writing a Portuguese character, would I not lean on those stereotypes? I guess I guess I'm kind of answering my own question and I'm thinking out loud. But I guess the difference is is when it informs the character huh. as a fully functional, complex character, that's one thing. And when it is just for window dressing and it makes them less of a human and makes them more of a caricature. That's the not right. good part of it. Right. Right. And I feel like that's a very, that has become a very great line because you're absolutely right. Like how else will we be able to have like a nice diverse cast if we can't describe unique traits about every type of ethnicity. So I don't know, maybe the song part like that exaggerated a bit. Like another movie that I think of is the Aristocats. Mm-hmm. where I kind of took 
kind of not a big issue with where people are like, oh, the Siamese cat. And I'm, and I'm like, you know what? I, as a Chinese, like a I can, well, Chinese, half Chinese person, like I really wasn't that offended by it because I'm like, well, you know, they're just, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe playing the piano with chopsticks was a bit much. So like maybe it's just those right. very, very subtle exaggerations that just might have tipped people off. Right. So I don't know. Maybe that's it. Sorry, I totally <laughs> derailed the character conversation. But what, what are you talking about? Like, this is a very pertinent conversation. We have Cy and Am, and right. Mm, yeah. Like Corey, when did you watch that scene? Um, yeah. I mean, like, did, did you did you even feel like that was heavily exaggerated, or do you feel like that was kind of okay? I mean, it's definitely exaggerated. Uh, I think I just. Like, you know, like you said, Stephanie, like, I just think that quote unquote white stereotypes are, you know, not as frowned upon because, uh, <clears throat> like Scott, like S- Scotland isn't really a race. It's a country, you know, and I think like taking a stab at a country like with a thick accent or a recognizable accent and making a character or you know like a caricature out of that is like way less of a you know especially in today's world like looking down on something than obviously these cats were Mm -hmm. very heavily influenced by asian culture and that caricature of that and you know Obviously, at the time, it wasn't as frowned upon as it is now, uh, but it still exists, right? And so, right. yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as big of a deal with the, you know, the Scottish dog as opposed to the Asian cats, but, uh, you know. I appreciate the input, and I definitely don't want listeners or viewers to think that I am totally... Like if if it makes you feel better, when I saw, uh, the Scottish dog, I was like, oh, that's cute. But then, like, when you see the Asian cats, it's like, oh, cringy, you know? Yeah, well, I guess as I'm, yeah, I, I guess as I'm thinking about this, as we're talking about this, there are a plethora of examples and of representation for white uh, examples on screen, right? There's like that's like. <laughs> white men specifically have been the leading character for a generation of generations of film right so i could see how when there is an opportunity for a minority or a person of color or someone to be represented on film like get it right because there's so few opportunities so why make it something that's used for a laugh let's use it for something that's treated with the same weight as everything else so so i, I like think, that yeah i like the way I you think put that it. that's kind of where it comes from yeah and i me answering myself <laughs> no it's see uh, I, and i really hope people do get something from this podcast because it's all about having an open conversation you started with a question and even as i was talk talking it out i was like all right like now i need to like start questioning myself about how i feel about it and now i feel like we've really got, you know discussed this thoroughly and i i hope people you know, get something from it. Um, I did look it up and I, and um, I think just one last thing, the difference 
with the the Scottish Terrier, I mean, it's primarily the accent, a little bit of the personality, right? But when I study and read up the the artwork, um, you know, they intentionally drew Cyan Am with um, very small, you know, noses, um, and they have buck teeth. And oh. buck teeth are a very commonly used Asian stereotype that was used in the 40s and 50s um, that become less prominent in future iterations of Asians. So right. I think, yeah, there's like very subtle, exagger subtle exaggerations. That just sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> there were some exaggerations that I feel like were the insensitive part. Okay, I see that. Mm -hmm. So... Uh... But that aside, you know, they're just your typical troublemaking cats that love to get dogs in trouble. I mean, we see that in Cinderella with Lucifer getting Bruno in trouble. Um, Aunt Sarah is not really the most pleasant person. And then uh, Tony and his Italian restaurant, which is more kind of like a scene than really an importance of him as a character, unless you guys have anything to add there. No, I mean, that scene is like... Again, that scene is super iconic, but, like, it's, you know, Mark brought it up on the Peter Pan episode, and we talked about it during the Dumbo episode. Like, these iconic scenes and the things you think of when you think of these movies only last for, like, two or three minutes. It's it's not like it's not like Tony is a prominent character in this movie yeah, at all, right. you know? and But you always think of him serving the spaghetti they're eating outside right and him singing the song right this is the night you know like that it's right. just yeah i don't know it's and that's it yeah yeah then that, that's it and then you move on to like the dog prison with the sassy almost implied <laughs> prostitute dog yeah, you guys want to chat about this uh, scene a little bit? I did not make it that far, but I do recall it being kind of a not really the most comfortable. Yeah, scene. it definitely was not the most comfortable scene. Uh, the the sassy dog in the jail was definitely un an uncomfortable <laughs> dog. Uh, you know, it's kind of crazy though, because like some of these smaller dogs could clearly fit through the bars of the, of this. Right, yeah. right. Exactly. Like the little like Chihuahua dog could totally just walk mm -hmm. through the bars. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say. It was just like a very weird scene. These dogs are just kind of like, I don't want to say creepy, but there's definitely like, you could tell they're animated differently. And so you, you know, you, you kind of, they're imposing uh, a personality that's different from the mm -hmm. other characters in this movie, right? To make yeah. you think, oh, hmm. hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it for characters. And I don't know. We can start um, rounding out the general impressions of the film, even though I feel like everybody kind of knows how we feel about this. Um, if there's any particular favorite moments, moments you didn't like, um, no, there's no in-depth themes about growing up. Sorry, that was left from Peter Pan. <laughs> um, I'll, you know, and I'll start first, and I, I feel really bad. I'm not trying to dump on this movie, because I feel like Disney's movies all have some sort of merit, whether it's just beautifully animated or have a charming character in it or just not terrible. Um, and I feel like 
that's kind of the way I view Lady and the Tramp. Like, okay, it's not like the worst thing I've seen, but it's the first and only movie, Disney movie, that I could not finish to completion the second time around. And yeah. I disappointed. It's also up to this point one of the longest Disney movies. I think it's like an hour and 20 something minutes, which is long, right? Because we talk about what Snow White being 60 something minutes and Dumbo being like almost less than an hour. <laughs> like, yeah, it was 76 right. minutes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I fell asleep. Like, it took me like three days to watch this movie. <laughs> I, I fell asleep. It was a slog, it like was, you said. It's right? not, it's just not, again, like you said, it's beautifully animated. The acting's not terrible, right? Like, it's good acting. Like, it's just, it's just a boring movie, you know? And, you know, maybe in, uh, what year did this come out? 1955, four or five? It was, um, I know it's, I think 55. it's 55. 55. Yeah. I'm sure this was a super impressive movie, right? But at the same time, like you look at it at the lens again, I'm trying to go into these movies, not looking at it through the lens of like what we watch now, you know, but it's kind of hard not to, it's even like you look at the movies that came, were coming out in like the eighties and stuff like, uh, black cauldron, which is a oh boy. That's going to be an interesting one to go back to. Uh, and like, <laughs> well, that whole that whole run of movies after uh, <clears throat> uh, Don Bluth left was like he almost killed Disney, which I'm excited to really right. talk about that uh, at some point, right? Like he went on to make you know American Tale and Anastasia, uh, and you know those kinds of movies, but like Secrets of Nim, All Dogs mm. Go to, All Dogs Go to Heaven. I love that one. Uh, but did you do the the chicken one? Chicken the rooster no. one. Uh, Rocka oh, Rockadoodle. Rock yeah. Yeah. Rock yes, I love Rockadoodle. <laughs> it's like the chicken one. Sorry. <laughs> Fern Fern also his. Uh, I just before we started, I pulled up a list of all of his movies: so, Secret of Nim, American Tale, Land Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven, <sighs> Rockadoodle, Thumbelina, Troll in Central Park, Pebble and the Penguin, Anastasia. Tiny. Yeah. There Damn, Pimble and the Penguin. That's I mean John, uh Don Bluth almost single handedly took out Disney in the eighties because he took all the yeah. best animators. I, I think yeah. the reason why Don Bluth didn't succeed like Disney did is because like he didn't have the storytellers that Disney had, right? And and What's interesting is I feel like his if you look at if you compare his movies to Disney's movies at the time, I feel like his animation is not as good as Disney's, but his story and music is so much better than what Disney was putting out at that time. Oh, really? I I feel the opposite. I feel like his animation is way better. Like you look at you look at the movies Disney was putting out then like like I said, Black Cauldron, even even Oliver and Company to an extent, which was kind of like, I would say, step zero yeah. in the animation renaissance. Like, uh, yeah, the animation or the the songs and stuff were great in Oliver and Company, but that animation is very terrible. You can see it's all rough. The, it's it's super rough. Uh, yeah, but I'm like just thinking like Rescue Down Under and Little Mermaid and stuff, but that's yeah. a little bit later than yeah. when this was taking place. I would say things from like the Great Mouse Detective. On, wow. Yeah. Like, 
but like I would say, My like favorite Ant- movie, we, by the way. Uh, we watched Anastasia recently because it's one of my wife's favorite movies. Uh, just because like my wife's from the Ukraine and that was a story that they were told, and so when she was young and uh, mm-hmm. we watched it. That movie is such a it's so it's so beautifully animated. I feel like like the train scene and like the towns and stuff. It, it's just I think those movies are great but like the storytelling is subpar and uh i feel like coming back to lady and the tramp like this movie reminds me of a don bluth movie where like it's beautifully animated but there's no story it's just so dull in terms of storytelling and obviously like the don bluth movies have great kind of action scenes and i think you could point to secret of nim and like all dogs go to heaven which are based on previous stories and they had a a structure to work off of but like man this movie is just super super boring yeah i agree yep sorry we went off on a tangent there no no it's my my two favorite parts of this movie are obviously the the spaghetti scene uh and then just the scene with the uh with the beaver when he's getting the oh uh, yeah i just i just really like the beaver yeah um so there's there's also one scene where i think they're i think they're in the park or whatever but like there's just this still painting where they just kind of give it a ken burns effect where it just zooms out on this painting and nobody's moving and nobody (laughs) nobody's like walking or anything it's just this painting and they just zoom out where people are kind of just sitting in the park and i'm just like were they doing this to like fill time? Like, what's the point of this painting here in the middle of this movie? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, with uh, those comments, we can go with our ranking. And I do need to apologize, listeners and friends here, Corey and Mark. Uh-oh. I forgot Alice in Wonderland when I we were talking. When we were talking um, Peter Pan, which was our last episode. So as it currently stands with Peter Pan. We've got, and you you guys can tell me now if we want to move Peter Pan based off of the edition of Alice in Wonderland. Number one is Cinderella. Two is Pinocchio. Three is Bambi. Four, Peter Pan. Five, Snow White. Six, Alice in Wonderland. Seven, Dumbo. Are we still okay with that? With Alice in Wonderland being where it is? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. All right. So where would we put Lady and the Tramp? Because for me, it's going last under Dumbo. Uh, I would, I'm I'm likely to agree with that. Uh, but I can go above Dumbo, but not much higher. I wouldn't put it any higher. I mean, they're pretty even. But wait, where do we put Alice? Sorry, I just want to update. Six, her. six. That's right. Six. six, and then Dumbo is seven. <sighs> I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I wouldn't put Lady and the Tramp any higher than above Dumbo. I would argue below Dumbo, actually, but also uh, the <laughs> semi-racist in, in, uh, characters in Dumbo might make that still sit in last place. Uh, I don't well, know. The Lady and the Tramp the, is just... the racist cats. Yeah. Oh, that's cats, true. Whatever. Yeah, I guess. You know. <laughs> All the racist ones are at the bottom. Mark, where do you feel like uh, you would put Lady and the Tramp? I think I'd put it above Dumbo. I feel like it's, you know, it's got some cute 
stuff. I, I I feel like it's it's a little bit better than Dumbo to me. I could be argued down, but I, I feel like it's. That makes. I mean, like I am not a fan of the whole pink elephants thing and some weird trippy stuff. So I'm okay with it being above Dumbo. Are you okay with that, Corey? Because it's, it's, it's interchangeable to me. It, yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, I, I'll put it right above Dumbo. Maybe right. you should just put them on the same line. Right. <laughs> I will so, say one one last thought about like looking at this ranking. I feel like like it, with the exception of Cinderella, um, Disney is still like Disney got it start doing short films, and I feel like they still have not cracked that nut yet. At least in our rewatch of what makes a good story like i feel like all these movies we've been watching so far are little vignettes that they're like let's make a movie but they can't find a way to piece them together and so it's like like peter panelini and the tramp especially it's like okay then they go to the zoo and then they go and like there's a self-contained story at the zoo and then they go to the pound and there's a self-contained story at the pound and it's not kind of this like cohesive story with the beginning middle and end and growth for the character and you know everything and with the exception of cinderella which is why i think it's at the top it is a it is a well-conceived story and so i feel like i I keep waiting each time we do this for that tipping point to where then it they start to they move away from these kind of disconnected shorts with the same characters to a full-fledged story I, I do agree with that. that's a great analysis because Cinderella is the one that stuck out in my mind as far as like the most fleshed out story. Um, I mean, Pinocchio's got a story too, I would say, but the rest seem to be little vignettes. Well, Snow White too, I guess. But you know, the majority of these these earlier movies were just little snippets or stories um, put together. And yeah, we're waiting to hit that renaissance of Disney where they really nail down. Um, that captivating storytelling that made Disney what it is today for yeah. sure. So, all right, you heard it here. Um, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I hope um, you guys enjoyed it. I know we, this wasn't kind of the most enthusiastic uh, movie, but you know, um, take things in stride. Not every movie is going to be a hit. Um, I'm going to look quickly at the docs to see what we'll be reviewing next but while i do that why don't we share where people can find us Corey? i'll start with you this time where can people find you you can find me at i am cory hd on twitter and instagram you can find me on the boss rush podcast on nintendo power block and other uh other podcasts here on the boss rush network sorry i got kind of confused for a second it's fine it's the covid <laughs> It is. Uh, fun fact, everybody. Uh, I have COVID, and it's not fun. No, COVID is not fun. Uh, Mark, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, except in Pereira, and you can find me on this podcast and the other um, standard definition podcast, the MCU. Not that that's the only other one, but that's the other one that yeah. I want. Um, and you can also find me on Boss Rush. Excellent. And uh, people can find me on the internets at Klimov, K-L-I-M-O-V underscore author on Twitter and Instagram, Boss Rush Podcast Wednesday nights, and other various podcasts, including After Dark. Uh, I have it up. Our next, I would say, couple, right, of uh, Disney movies we'll be tackling next that you guys can look forward to is 1959 Sleeping Beauty, 1961 101 Dalmatians, and 1963 The Sword in the Stone. So, um... 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to 101 donations. I'm looking forward to the next three, uh, mostly because uh, we actually my my daughter's favorite Disney princess is Aurora, <laughs> uh, and uh, she has a, ba- a baby doll, a baby Aurora doll that she carries with her everywhere. Like, and we That's like cute. we we watched it a lot. Well, not a lot, but we've watched it quite a bit recently, and I'm excited to talk about it. Me too. I feel like I will be finishing these rewatches. So, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for your time. Again, if you just have the opportunity to to give us some feedback, we greatly appreciate it. Until then, have a good night. Bye. 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 Bye.